We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are in the thick of NFL draft season, and it is time to start digging into some prospects, specifically some wide receivers. We know that's going to be a major need for Green Bay, so we are going to go over two wide receivers today, one very early, one probably day three, maybe sneaks into day two. We're going to be going over Garrett Wilson as well as Taquan Thornton. Excited to go over both of these wide receivers with you for a variety of different reasons, but we'll get to both of those in just a moment. Before we get there, we did have some news uh, from Packer, from the Packers, really the NFL, about the start of OTAs and mini camps and everything like that. So we'll go over those dates really quick, and then we'll get into our scouting reports in just a moment here. So Packers offseason will officially begin on April 18th. We have OTAs that will take place on May 23rd, May 24th, May 26th, and then May 31st and June 1st as well as June 3rd, and then June 13th through the 14th, and June 16th. So again, those OTA days will be May 23rd and 24th, 26th, 31st, June 1st, 3rd, 13th, 14th, and 16th. And then mandatory minicamp will be June 7th through June 9th. Now, if you're thinking, all right, are there opportunities to attend those? Usually OTAs are closed every once in a while. Maybe they will open up a couple uh, to, usually it's like two or three, I think that they open up to the public. Um, But even media isn't allowed to all of the OTA sessions and things like that. Same thing with minicamp. Usually there's one open, but if you do have the ability to get to an OTA or a mini camp, I highly recommend it. Again, usually there's like three or four that'll be open to the public in total. Um, but everyone is like always so hyped up and amped up about training camp, which is great. And there's more pageantry with training camp. You've got the bikes and you've got more action. And like, uh, of course, you get pads coming on at times, uh, but it's also more crowded. It's usually hotter in the summer and it's just a little bit more of a spectacle, if you will. I love attending OTAs and mini camps. And yes, you're not going to see pads, but this is a lot of times your first opportunity to see these new Packers, whether it be free agents, whether it be trades, whether it be uh, you know your your draft picks and seeing them for the first time, your undrafted guys. Like you get to see so many of these players for the first time. You get to see a wide receiver core that will be without Devonte Adams and whoever is in his stead in his place in those positions. So um, can't recommend it enough. Usually it is sparsely populated, at least. It's 
especially in comparison to training camp. So if you get the opportunity to go to an OTA or mini camp, I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite activities of the year. I probably shouldn't hype it up because one of the reasons it is my favorite is because it's not as you know, hyped up and crowded and everything like that and not as much of a spectacle. And it's just, it feels a little bit more pure still than, you know, the training camp, which I also love by the way. Uh, but I really do enjoy OTAs and minicamps. So if you can get out to those, definitely do so. But enough about that. Let's talk about Garrett Wilson. Let's talk, let's talk about Take One Thornton. Let's start with Garrett Wilson. And I know maybe what you're thinking already. A Andy, Garrett Wilson's a consensus top 10 player, you know, I think Daniel Jeremiah has him as his fifth overall player on his big board. Why are we talking about Garrett Wilson as a you know potential prospect for the Green Bay Packers? Well, there's a couple different reasons why. One, Green Bay has a lot of ammunition to move up in the draft. Now, do I think they're necessarily going to move up and spend a ton of capital to move up and get Garrett Wilson? Maybe not. Probably not. It's probably not the direction that they're going to go in. Uh, but a, we don't know. Like they, they could move up and and grab a player like Wilson. Mark Murphy has already gone on record as saying like you know it's going to be a very interesting draft with how they navigate and grab wide receivers and things like like. I, there's a good chance that they move up for somebody. I don't think that's out of the question at all. And number two, and maybe more importantly here is we're not that far back from DK Metcalf, you know, being talked about as a top ten player in the draft who slips to the end of round two, like wide receivers of all positions are ones where a lot of times we expect to go early and then they go like middle to end of round one or even into round two. I mean, that entire draft, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, etc. You know, there were a lot of rumors, especially like AJ Brown would be like end of round one, DK Metcalf, middle to early round one. Those guys were all round two guys. Um, we've even talked about in the past, like Hakeem Butler being like a potential first, second round guy. He goes way later in the draft. Um, and of course, rightfully so didn't work out. You know, there are wide receivers almost every year that are expected to go, you know, top around one that go middle end or even round two. And it's not unfathomable that that could happen again. Now, do I expect that with Garrett Wilson? I don't, but I always like to cover bases. And if we're really going to take a firm look at the wide receiver class, it, it, it still helps us overall to evaluate, all right, who's at the top of this class and who are we comparing them to? So we'll go over Garrett Wilson as a, you know, probably a top 10 draft pick, top 15. Uh, but again, I think it's really unwise, even at this point in the draft process a month away, to just, you know, take a permanent marker and say, all right, Garrett Wilson's top 10 and there's no way he can get to the Packers. I don't think that's necessarily true. And all it takes is him getting to what, maybe like 15 um, for Green Bay to have, you know, not even like more than a realistic chance of moving up to that range uh, and taking a player like him. So don't think that that is out of the realm of possibility at all. As much as I like Garrett Wilson, and I'm going to go over in just a moment, I do not put him in that Julio Jones, Kelvin Johnson stratosphere where it's just like you take him top five no matter what, and he's that guy. Like I, just, I don't think he's that level of a talent where he's just, again, permanent marker, top five, and we're not going to talk about it anymore. So that's where I'm at with it. I do think it's at least within the realm of some possibility, but even if it's not, again, I can't say enough. If we're going to get a really good look at this wide receiver class, we have to look at all the top prospects to see exactly how they match up. So let's go over Garrett Wilson, junior Ohio State, 5'11 and a half-ish, 183 pounds. It's going to turn 22 in July. As I mentioned, number five on Daniel Jeremiah's big board. If you look at kind of consensus, uh, you know, big boards uh, around the media and internet, etc., he's a, a consensus top 
10 player in this draft. A lot of love for Garrett Wilson. Going back to his last season, 70 catches, uh, 1,058 yards and 12 touchdowns at Ohio State. One of the things that I love, a couple you know pro football focus type stats here, only 27% of his catches were made within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. So about one out of four, right? Now, as we start looking more and more at these college offenses, this is a really important stat to look look at because so many of these wide receivers are taking passes at or behind the line of scrimmage and working from there. And that's not the case with Garrett Wilson. Again, 27% of his passes were you know within the first five yards. In comparison, Drake London, 46% were within the first five yards. Traylon Burks, 40% of his passes were within the first five yards. So Wilson is winning down the field, which if you're looking for a receiver that's going to be able to come in and contribute and win down the field and not just be a gadget guy behind the line of scrimmage, those are the type of things you're looking for. In fact, he was second among the top receivers in the draft. First, of course, his teammate Chris Olave at 22%, but really good stat there for Garrett Wilson. He was also first among FBS wide receivers with a 157.3 passer rating when targeted in man coverage. So he completely ate man coverage alive in college, which is exactly what you want to see from a player like this who is going to win with route running and separation, which we'll get to more in just a moment. Now, if you're not familiar with RAD scores, Kentley Platty at MathBomb on Twitter has developed this relative athletic score, and it basically ranks these receivers in regards to their overall athleticism based on what position they play. And it's a really great metric, and the Packers have tended to draft players that have a RAD score of nine or above. They take extremely... um, talented athletes. And then they try to make them into extremely talented football players if they're not already. And of course, Wilson is. Um, But Wilson falls a little bit short of that threshold as a 9.0 or above relative athletic score athlete. Now, I want to be clear here. I don't think Green Bay has any idea what a RAS score is. It's just they very much value highly athletic players. And Kent has basically figured out a way to measure that. And again, I don't think Green Bay is looking at RAS scores and saying like, all right, this is who we're taking, but they very much value these athletic players. And Kent's found the best formula to really put this in a numerical formula of like which players are most athletic. You go back draft after draft after draft for Brian Gutekunst, and he's consistently taking players with a RAS score of nine or above. So again, he does, Brian Gutekunst doesn't know what a RAS score is, but they do value athletes. And this is a great way to look at who the most, you know, the highly athletic players are. Wilson comes short of that 9.0 mark with a 7.7 RAS score. Now, a couple things. Didn't test for three cone, so that is something that wouldn't uh, you know, f- you know, factor in or would have factored in if he tested and if he had a great three cone that could have raised that up a little bit. His big things here are his size, 5'11 and a half, 183 pounds. 5'11 and a half is about the 41st percentile for height. 183 is about the 23rd percentile percentile for weight. So he's not this, you know, size, you know, height, weight athlete, right? Like that's not where he wins. Um, Also, his short shuttle was a 4'36, which is in the 32nd percentile as well for that. His vertical and broad were good, not great. And then his 40-yard dash time was great, which is what really kind of got him up in that 7.7 stratosphere. Uh, But overall, a little bit outside of Green Bay's thresholds. All of that being said, 
you don't have to be a 9.0 or better athlete or RAS score guy to be a highly effective NFL player. In fact, a lot of times I actually like some of these like seven to eight range players uh, who are highly skilled at their positions. Because if you match really great athletes with really good skills, that to me is your sweet spot. A lot of these like nine to 10 um, athletes, a lot of times don't always match the skills with it. And sometimes the skills guys don't always have the high-end athleticism. If you can get that sweet spot where they have everything that you really need to be successful, but they're also like masters of their craft, which I'm not putting Wilson in that category quite yet. But if you get that sweet spot, a lot of times that's where you see success. Devontae Adams is a great example of that. Wasn't the most high-end athlete, isn't going to win with a huge 40-yard dash, but he had all the athletic traits that you needed to be successful, and then he mastered his craft on top of it. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson is Devontae Adams at all, but I think you can find that sweet spot where you've got enough athleticism with great skills, and that is where I see Garrett Wilson winning. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, let's go into his positives. So first of all, I just want to start by saying I enjoyed my time with Garrett Wilson. And when I go to scout a player, watch film on a player, etc., cetera, I, I, it's, it's like I'm getting to know them. I want to know the ins and outs of their game. I want to know who they are as a person, which I'm trying to get as best I can by listening to how they interview um, in press conferences and in interviews. Um, I'm trying to, again, see what they put on tape, not in the highlights, but what they're actually putting on tape on the All-22. I also, I know a lot of people will tell you to like, to don't highlight Scout, right? If you have a baseline of what they are um, from watching the All-22, I very much recommend watching the highlight tapes because I want to see what the high-end traits are. What are some of the best things that he puts on tape? And that, that to me gives me a baseline for like what the ceiling of this type of player is. Now, if you just watch highlights and say, all right, I have a picture of what he's going to be, that's not great. Even if you just watch game tape and you're not seeing his releases and how he's winning down the field, that's not going to get you there either. But if you can watch the highlights as well as the All-22, watch some of his interviews and see how he performs athletically, look at his combine testing. Now you're starting to put the full circle together and that's what you really want to look at. And when I'm doing that with a player like Garrett Wilson, I'm trying to get as much of a picture as I possibly can. And that's why I say I enjoyed my time with Garrett Wilson, getting to know him as a football player and as much as I could possibly get to know about him. The first thing that I want to go over on his scouting report from a positive standpoint is there is a smoothness to his game. He has it. Sometimes you can't perfectly define it, but he has it. And he has a smoothness to his game that I enjoy. He makes playing wide receiver look easy. 
He finds open spaces on the field. He's able to get open by his releases. He's able to get open by his route running, which aren't totally nuanced yet. More on that in just a moment. But when I watch him, there's just a level of comfortability to his game that I see and I almost feel. There's almost a tangible feel to when you're watching him and how he plays as a wide receiver. It's like it's almost like he's on autopilot at times where he's, there's not a ton of like thinking going on. He feels it. It's, I'll, I'll put it this way. This is the best way to put it. It's natural to him. When I'm watching corners or, or wide receivers specifically, I want to know that there's a natural feel. For example, Jair Alexander. When I watch Jair Alexander at, at a corner at uh, what Louisville, my, one of my first things in my scouting report that I wrote is that this man is made to play corner like that's what he was born and bred to do. Like that is Jair Alexander to a T. He was put on this earth to be a corner in the NFL. Like it is just so natural, like a fish out of water. That's what I got when I watched Jair Alexander. That's what I got when I watched, uh, you know, Wilson on tape. So absolutely loved his, his just natural feel for the game and that he looked like he was supposed to be a NFL wide receiver. Next up is his separation ability. There are deep speed receivers. There are contested catch physical receivers over the middle. There are separators. There are artists. There's all different types of wide receivers. Of course, you've heard the, you know, building a basketball team, right? You want your point guard, your shooting guard, your small forward, your power forward, your center. You want all different flavors at wide receiver. Wilson is a separator. And to me, like, a, a, you know, Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs, like those type of players, like he just finds ways to get separation. And that is king right now in the NFL for wide receiver. And you can do that in a variety of different ways. Uh, but what I love about Wilson is he finds ways to get, get to his spots on the field. And again, whether that's through his release at the line of scrimmage, whether that's through the route that he ran, whether that's through his 4-3-40 speed, whether that's just through nuance of knowing how to set up defensive backs, he knows how to get to his spot. He knows how to separate from corners and he just blatantly knows how to get open on the field. And that is one of the best traits you can have as wide receiver. And that's one of the best traits that Wilson has as well. As I mentioned, he makes wide receiver look easy. He also is a bit of a skywalker. He knows how to high point a football. He knows how to leap. I know his vertical was at 36, which is again a 72nd percentile. But when you put on a 5'11 wide receiver like Wilson, who has the agility and the jukes and the route running, you're not expecting a skywalker, a guy that knows how to sky to the football, contort his body, make contested catches, and do all of that and high point the ball. And that's what you get out of Wilson. And again, you're not necessarily expecting it. And that's what I love. This is like a nuance to his game, right? When, when you think of some of those receivers that I talked about earlier, you know, the, the separation, the route running, you're not necessarily thinking about a guy who's skying to get a football and making contested catches. But Wilson has that in his game, which is a rare blend between the two. And his ability to contort his body and make those contested catches provides a far bigger catch radius than you would ever expect out of a 5'11 and a half receiver like Garrett Wilson. You pop him on and just look at him at first glance, you're saying, all right, he's going to either win with speed, maybe agility, route running, etc." You're not expecting a contested catch, high point, contorted body guy, but he has that in his arsenal, which makes him a very special player because he's combining traits that you don't necessarily see together. And again, what you want as a quarterback is A, a guy who can separate, but B, a guy that you trust. If you put the ball up that he's going to go make a play on it, or more importantly, at least it's not going to be intercepted, right? 
And his ability to go up and get those footballs and make contested catches is going to serve him well. And it's going to give quarterbacks more of an opportunity to trust him, get him the football, et cetera. It's what it's, you know, what can you do as a wide receiver to make your you know job at quarterback easier? Wilson has a lot of tricks in his bag that make things easier and are going to give quarterbacks a lot of reason to want to get him the football. With spring break approaching, the sun is coming out, everyone is looking for a partner to impress. There are a lot of things your partner could like. Some prefer tall guys, some prefer big butts, but no one prefers their men with smelly, unkempt nuts. That's why our friends at Manscaped developed their improved Lawnmower 4.0 to keep the weeds out of your crotch garden. Before you head out on your spring trip, make sure you're groomed from ball to tip. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer, it will change the way you approach your entire grooming routine. The fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags around the boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED light on and off. This trimmer is waterproof. You can trim in the shower, not have to worry about any of the embarrassing cleanup afterwards. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the perfect combo to keep the beach balls dry and smelling good for even the most intense spring break dance parties. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Get rid of those pesky nose and ear hair. Get ready to smell those flowers bloom in the spring. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary blade dual system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology and helps prevent all of those nicks and tugs around those sensitive nose area. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Manscaped for when you want to be caught with your pants around your ankles. Next up is a little bit of his background, right? So he is a five-star wide receiver in high school and is a true freshman, 30 catches, 423 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, traits are king, right? But one of the things that you're looking for from a scouting standpoint is can you know consistency as well as the ability to get better over time. But you want to see that this guy had it like all the way along, right? He was great in high school, five-star wide receiver, comes in as a true freshman at Ohio State in the Big Ten and immediately is a contributor. Not a redshirt guy, true freshman, 30 catches, 423 yards, five touchdowns, and then continue to get better and progress as his college career went, or went along. And that's what you want to see. You're hoping that now when he comes to the NFL, he's going to do the same thing when he transitioned from high school to football. He might not be your 90 catch, you know, 1600 yard, 12 touchdown guy from day one, but he's going to be able to come in and help you from day one. And I think what he's shown from high school to freshman, sophomore, junior, et cetera, is that he's going to come in and compete and help your football team in some capacity all the way along. Like he's just that good at football that you would expect him now to come as a, you know, rookie in the NFL. And even though there's going to be a lot that overwhelms him, he's going to be able to compete right away and help your football team. Next up is his yards after catch and just his yak ability. He has agility. He makes people miss. 
He is slippery and he has a moveset after the catch. Again, he can juke people. He has a backstep. He has a sidestep. He has a great feel for defenders. He can make moves in the open field, make people miss. And again, he's super slippery. He has that ability to win in the open field. He even has a stiff arm. I don't think he's the most physical guy in the world, but even showed off a stiff arm uh, to be able to make a play in the open field as well. So if you're getting the ball in his hands, he is going to be able to make people miss. And that's what Green Bay's really been lacking is that playmaking ability, a guy that you could just get the ball in their hands and then they can go after the fact, right? Devontae Adams is a playmaker, but he did a lot of his playmaking with his releases and his route running and then at the point of catch, right? Not like he was just, he got much better as time went on. And this last year, I thought was his best year at making people miss in the open field. But that's not the first trait that you think of when you think of Devontae Adams as a playmaker. Wilson has the ability to make people miss. A little, you know, Donald Driver esque with how Driver kind of, you know, made people miss in the open field um, after the catch. So he has that to his game as well. He's not going to be a top tier blocker, but he's a get in the way blocker who shows some effort. Again, with his size, it's never going to be an ideal situation, but I kind of equate it to Devontae Adams, right? Devontae Adams was never a good blocker, more just a get-in-the-way guy. I think that's what Wilson can be. You can live with one of those guys. He's probably not going to check that box entirely for Green Bay with how much they love the, the blocking at wide receiver and that physicality, but he does enough where you're not looking at it and saying, all right, this is a major problem and a major issue, and I think that will at least get him past that check box for Green Bay. Again, not ideal, but not terrible either. Next thing I love about Wilson is he is super competitive. You can just feel it innately that he cares about the game. One of the first things that I'm looking for from a player is do they care about playing the game of football? And is this something that's important to them? And as you watch him on tape, you get the feel right away that this is something that matters. He is not he is an effort guy. He's not somebody that's taking plays off. And you can tell when when big plays Matt, like he is excited after the play, he's excited for teammates. And again, you can tell that that competitive drive is there with which when you have a guy that you're taking in the first round who has athletic traits, who has the skills, if they have the want to and the competitiveness, the odds go up that they're going to reach their ceiling. And that's what I see here with Wilson as well. Not his necessarily his best trait, but he does have um, ability to be a punt returner as well. He has done it. He's got great footwork, change of direction, movement skills, which would lead you to believe that he could actually even get better in that regards. Not sure that that's something that he's going to do long-term, but as a rookie, absolutely, he could come in and probably be Green Bay's best punt returner from day one. More positives here, strong hands. He can be used on the outside as well as in the slot can be used as a gadget player. I've seen him on screens, reverses, end arounds, etc. Matt LaFleur would be able to use him in a variety of different ways. As I mentioned earlier, he's a playmaker. He is a red zone threat. And I want to touch base on that one a little bit more because again, he has the ability to win with routes. He has the ability to win uh, at, you know, with his release at the line of scrimmage. We talked about the contested catch, the strong hands, the ability to sky and go get a football. When you have all of those things in your package, you are going to be somebody who can win in a variety of different ways, and that is going to make you a red zone threat. Not all 5'11 guys are red zone threats. Garrett Wilson has the ability to be that. Showed off back shoulder. Like Again, just a smart, nuanced wide receiver that can win in a variety of different ways. Also think that you can hit him on shot plays and play action, as well as in crossing routes. There's just a lot that he would bring to the table from day one. Now, course, no prospect is perfect, right? And there are some negatives to Garrett Wilson's game as well. The size, as I mentioned, 5'11", 183, 
probably outside of Green Bay's ideal, not probably, he's outside of Green Bay's ideal thresholds. Now they've gone outside for playmakers in the past. Um, Amari Rogers clearly was not within their thresholds. Jair Alexander at corner was not perfectly within their thresholds. For the right guy, they've shown they're willing to go outside of that, uh, but not ideal size for Garrett Wilson within this offense or for what Matt LaFleur generally likes to do. As I mentioned, the 4-3-6 in the short shuttle, a little bit concerning, only the 32nd percentile there. I do wonder how he's going to fare against more physical why uh, physical cornerbacks and if they're going to be able to get their hands on him, jam him at the line of scrimmage a little bit. You may need to, at least from the beginning, put him in motion a little bit more, maybe use him in the slot. And remember, Green Bay really wants to find outside wide receivers. I'm not saying they can't pick slot guys because Amari Rogers has proven nothing yet and Randall Cobb is nothing more than a stopgap at this point. So it's not like you can't take them, but as I mentioned in previous episodes, Randall Cobb, pure slot guy, Amari Rogers, pure slot guy, Alan Lazard was like a 40% slot guy. You don't need slot receivers at this point. You need outside guys. Um, I do think Wilson can win on the outside, so don't get me wrong, but I do question if maybe to begin with, if his question or if his best role may not be in the slot. And then last but not least, from a negative standpoint, you will see some concentration drops at times, and that's going to be something that you will hopefully see him clean up over time unless he's a Viking or a bear or a lion, in which case you hope that continues. Uh, some areas of opportunity, I wouldn't necessarily say weaknesses for Garrett Wilson, but some areas that he can continue to grow, which by the way, I love for wide receivers. I love, or any player in the draft, I love when they have areas where they can still grow. And I think they have the wherewithal to grow. And these are all things that I think uh, Wilson's going to get better at over time. I think he can still, he has a long way to go before he masters his craft as just a pure wide receiver. We see him win with his releases at the line of scrimmage, but he doesn't have a full release package yet. And that's something that he can continue to improve. Same thing with route running. He's a little bit, um, you know, herky jerky with his routes at a time, a little bit of wasted motion here and there. Like he has the ability to, he's already a good route runner and can win with his routes, but he still has a long way to go and can continue to get better. And I think he will get better with his route running. He can also still expand his route tree as he becomes more of a professional and more nuanced, his route tree and his route running and his, you know, again, his, um, release packages at the line of scrimmage, all things that are going to get better. And that's going to make him even scarier as a wide receiver. And right now he's winning with feel and with talent. And I still think he has a long way to go to develop a plan of what you're trying to do, reading coverages, figuring out what the corner and the safety are doing and developing a plan beforehand. The fact that he can already win with, you know, non-perfect, you know, releases, non-perfect routes and not a fully developed plan just goes to show you how dangerous this guy can be if and when he does develop a plan at the line of scrimmage for exactly how to beat uh, corners at the NFL level. And again, I do think he can also upgrade his release package against more physical corners so that he can get off of press coverage and win those routes more often. So what's his comp? What players are he, you know, does he play like? Three players come to mind. I've seen these comps uh, throughout and I agree with some of them in you know different capacities, but Stefan Diggs, Deontay Johnson, and Justin Jefferson are the comps that I've seen. I think you can see parts of all three of their games within them. I like probably the, I, somewhere between Stefan Diggs and Deontay Johnson, I think he's probably somewhere in the middle of those. I think he has the ability to be better than Johnson, maybe not quite as good as Diggs. Diggs is such a special player. Um, and I think Justin Jefferson has a little bit of a different game, but you do see aspects of all three of their games within Garrett Wilson, which is again, why he's a consensus top 10 player in this draft at this point. So how would he fit with Green Bay? 
A, I think he can develop into a true number one wide receiver over time, which Green Bay clearly needs. I don't think he's going to be that from day one, but I think he can get there. I think he can help with potential punt returns, obviously at wide receiver, used in a variety of different packages in a variety of different ways. I think he'd have to learn the Aaron Rodgers aspect of the offense. I think he could come in and have be somebody that Matt LaFleur can really utilize, but the attention to detail, the checks at the line of scrimmage, the audibles, all those sort of things is something that just any young rookie wide receiver is going to take time with. I think that's something he could struggle with uh, from the get-go. So that's going to be a challenge again for any rookie receiver. And, you know, again, I should mention here, this is a player that almost surely Green Bay is going to have to move up to get if they want him on the team. And with him not hitting some of those key thresholds for Green Bay, it still is a question whether Green Bay will want to do that to move up and get Garrett Wilson. All right, that does it for my Garrett Wilson scouting report. We'll go through a little bit of a quicker one for Tyquan Thornton, senior Baylor wide receiver, 6'2", 181. His, I could not find his age anywhere. I'm sure scouts know it, but I haven't been able to locate that anywhere. Probably on the upper end, 23 would be my guess. You're hoping he's not 24. This past season, 62 catches, 948 yards, 15.3 yard average, and 10 touchdowns. Put up a 977 RAS score. Um, great size, 6'2". We'll talk about the weight in a moment, um, but at 96 percentile broad jump and a 4'2", 40-yard dash. Didn't do the short shuttle or the three cone, but his explosiveness is what is going to set him apart. Now, his positives is speed. Speed, 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 speed. 4'2", 40 is ridiculous. A 1'4", 10-yard split is insane. 99.9 percentile he is a pure speed guy that is going to win with speed on the outside and his explosiveness, which is shown by his broad jump, his vertical, his 40, his 10 yard split, all of it is literally off the charts. Add to that a 6'2 frame. Like this isn't a 5'7, 5'8, 5'9 guy that's running these speeds. This is a 6'2 guy that is running a 4'2, 40. Add the fact that he is a you know, a 6'2 frame, pretty long arms and catches outside of his body. Now you've got some freaking tools to work with, with Tyquan Thornton. His explosiveness and his run after the catchability is where he's going to win. He's a deep ball threat anytime he's on the field, but that's not just where he's used. Now teams played off of him a lot, which set up a lot of slants and hitch routes, um, which is something that could easily happen in the NFL, but teams had to play him different because he has that pure 42840 speed. He has the ability to be a boundary wide receiver, which is clearly what Green Bay needs. He shows signs of using his hands at the line of scrimmage to separate and at the top of the route to separate. He's showing signs of putting together a release package and he knows how to find space. None of those are perfect at this point, but he's getting there and he's showing signs of how to win with those attributes. And he is a fully effective blocker despite the 181 pound frame. You wouldn't expect it by his size, but he gives a ton of effort in that capacity. Now his negatives, he has a razor thin frame. 181 at 6'2 is thin, thin, right? That is not ideal for what you're looking at. And the question becomes, can he add to that? Can he become a 6'2, 200 guy without losing that speed? And I don't know a perfect answer to that. I also he's shown some ability to make some contested catches, some catches outside of his body. But in the NFL, again, when you have that small frame and these corners and safeties are just that much more physical, I'm questioning if he can be that contested catch type of wide receiver. Maybe it doesn't matter if he's just winning with speed anyway, but when you're separating down the field, some of those catches are going to get tight and you want to see him win those contested catches. I question if he's going to be able to do that in the NFL. 
He has limited ways of winning. He's basically a deep ball slant hitch guy. He's not going to have a ton of routes in his bag of tricks and cor you know, better corners are going to be able to understand exactly how to defend him. He isn't even remotely close to a complete wide receiver at this point. And he has a lot of wasted motion, not a great change of direction guy, not terrible, but that's certainly not going to be what he wins with at the NFL level. So what do you have to do with him? You have to have a plan for him. But if you know how to use him and you have a specific plan for him as a deep ball wide receiver, or a quick, you know, pass guy who can, you know, run after the catch, I think he has the ability to fit in pretty much every NFL offense for smart offensive coordinators, which by the way, Matt LaFleur is. I do think he's going to struggle versus press and he's never probably going to have a full route tree at his disposal. But if you know how to use him, I'm not sure that that necessarily matters. I think he's probably a day three pick. His traits could maybe get him into day two, but I think more early day three. And when you get into day three picks, what you're hoping for is they just do one thing great. You want one thing that they can be exceptional at. And Thornton has that. The ability to be a 6'2 wide receiver with insane speed and the ability to take the top off of a defense, that has value in the NFL. How he develops will be up to him. But if you can find a package and a use from him and something he can be exceptional at from day one, that gives him the opportunity to excel at that one thing. And now while he's doing that well and you're using him in that capacity, he has the ability to get around you know, NFL wide receiver coaches in an NFL training room and stick around and really master his game. And if he can do that over time, now you have maybe a much better wide receiver than a day three pick. So on day three, you're not looking for these well-rounded players. You're looking for somebody who's exceptional at one thing. And Thornton has that. He has explosiveness, speed to kill. He's a deep threat and he can track the ball and has pretty decent hands. You're talking about somebody that can fit and maybe have a niche role in the NFL and that has value. And I think maybe the more important thing is his deep speed has the ability to set up the rest of his game. Again, he's not going to be a complete wide receiver, but if he shows he can win deep, now those corners are playing off. And now those quick hitches, the quick slants, those are going to be things he can win with much easier, even if he's not a great route runner, doesn't have a great release at the, the line of scrimmage. If corners are scared of him and playing off, it opens up the rest of his game or Aaron Rodgers just hitting those quick smoke screens to him on the outside and him getting five, six yards off of it. So there could be value on day three there for Green Bay. How could he help Green Bay from day one? Speed threat on the outside, package play wide receiver, deep shots and a player that teams need to be aware of, and just a developmental wide receiver that if he hits on his high-end traits could be much more and much more worthy than what the day three pick is that they probably spent on him. That is going to do it for me today. Two fun scouting reports on Garrett Wilson and Tyquan Thornton. Hope you enjoyed this. I'm going to be doing a lot more of these as uh, the rest of the draft season continues. And of course, once Green Bay drafts their players, I will have full scouting reports over time on them as well. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so incredibly much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. But until next time, and as always, go Paco.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.